This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Homestead Journey Podcast. This is episode number 132, and my name is Brian Wells. I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. Today's episode is going to have a sneak preview. I was recently interviewed for a magazine, and as part of that, they asked me to put together a video about five things I think people need to know when starting a vegetable garden. I'm not going to release that entire video right now as part of a podcast episode. I plan on doing that in the future, but I did want to give you at least a little bit of a sneak peek preview into that. That sneak peek is going to mean that this episode is going to be a little bit shorter than usual, but I hope that it will still be beneficial. And so let's jump on over to this week's Homestead Happenings, where I can bring you up to speed with what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead. Monday, we took our annual sojourn up to Moncton, Vermont, and that was a really, really great time. It ended up just being my aunt and uncle, Tom and Vanessa, and I, Brian Jay had to work, and Bonnie's family had a little bit of a get-together that she went to, but we really, really had a great time together reminiscing about my grandparents and just talking over some of the things that I mentioned on last week's episode. It really was a beautiful drive, beautiful weather. And again, just a great opportunity for us to reflect on the heritage that we are so blessed to to be a part of. In the past, that trip has usually pretty much taken up the entire day, but I got back a little earlier than anticipated. And so I was able to actually finish up a project that I've been wanting to do for a while. And that is that I wanted to build a hanging feeder for our meat birds for the hoop coop. I had a piece of sewer pipe laying around. It's the perforated PVC sewer pipe. So I was able to cut a section out of that, put a couple of plugs on either end made out of wood, put some eye bolts in it, and then swing that from the roof of the hoop coop as a feeder. And that's worked out really, really, really well. It's great because when I go to move the hoop coop, the feed moves with it. And it's great also because at night, instead of us having to take the feeder out, bring it down to the garage, put it in the feed bin, all I have to do is tie that feeder up so that the birds can't get to it. And we're able to do the 12 on 12 off thing very, very easily. The meat birds really are growing out well. I think this is the healthiest group of meat birds I've ever had. And it's so much fun to watch them when we move the hoop coop onto fresh grass. They just scamper onto that grass and go to town. And so I'm really, really enjoying that. We were planning on butchering them this coming weekend. And I'm not sure mine are going to be quite ready. And my dad definitely believes his are a little on the lighter side. So what we've decided to do is to take a little bit of a wait and see approach. My dad has every Wednesday off. And so either 
the Wednesday before Father's Day or the Wednesday after Father's Day is now going to be butchering day for us. But again, very, very happy with how the meat birds look. A little bit of a pig update. The piglets are doing fine. The castration must not have been too traumatic for them because they're now out running around like a little gang of monsters running all over the place. But I have started the weaning process. And so hopefully within the next couple of days, we will have all of them weaned. And two of the sows are really in, a, in great condition. They never really lost condition that much. So I'm going to be putting them in with our feeder pigs. But the smallest sow, who I think has really been doing the bulk of the work as far as feeding goes, she has gotten very skinny. I'm not happy with her condition at all. She kind of gets outcompeted for food. And I don't really have a great way of trying to separate her out to get her more food. The other sows just bully her off the food. I am feeding them all in different pans, but even still, they just kind of come push her out of the way and then she's got to go find another pan. So by the end of this week, my plan is to have the two bigger sows down with the feeder pigs. And then I'll really be able to concentrate on bringing the other sow into better condition. This weekend, I did get some very, very exciting information. And that is that New York State has lifted the ban on poultry shows and sales, which means that we should be able to have the poultry show at the fair this year. We were a little worried about whether or not that would get canceled but it does look like that's going to be on. I'm so excited about that. Not just for my sake, because I enjoy it, but for my son's sake, he's already lost two poultry shows. One because of bird flu back in, I think it was 2015 and one because of COVID. And he only really has two more opportunities to show at the youth level and whether or not he decides to show after this year, that'll be up to him but I really didn't want him to miss out on that opportunity. So I do have the inspector coming this coming Thursday to do our flock test because we are NPIP certified here. And so just very excited about that opportunity this coming summer. Our young pullets are doing well. We did lose a couple of birds early this week. I'm not quite sure why they seem to be thriving. And then all of a sudden we had two dead birds. We've been keeping an eye on it. Uh, hopefully it's not anything serious and I'm not aware of us losing any more throughout the rest of the week. So it just could have been a bit of a fluke type thing. But other than that, they're doing well. I need to get them moved and get them outside, but I've just been so focused on getting the garden in that that just has not happened yet. This weekend, I did spend some time cleaning out the eggs from the goose house. We didn't really do a good job of limiting the eggs. We've had one goose that's been broody and she's just been trying to sit on way too many eggs. I should have done a better job of pulling eggs out and just keeping her sitting on a few eggs, but I really didn't. And so I think I pulled out 30 or 40 eggs out of that goose house yesterday. And then I made a mistake, a very, very dumb mistake. And that is that I took those eggs and I tossed them into the woods, but I did it upwind 
from the house. And folks, those things were ripe. When I tossed them into the woods, it was like gunshots going off as those things exploded. And whoo, did they reek. Oh my goodness. It was nasty. But we've got that cleaned out. And I don't know, I'll keep an eye on it and see whether or not they lay some more eggs in there. But she really is not in great condition because she's been sitting in there for over a month. Nothing's hatched out. And I really should have done a better job of keeping on top of that. But it is what it is. And so I'm just happy to have that task done. On to the garden. This week, I was finally able to get the remainder of the raised beds planted. So the raised bed garden is fully planted. I also spent several evenings up there weeding, trying to catch up on that. And folks, it's just looking really, really nice up there. Things are really starting to pop. And I had my first radish out of the garden this week. I enjoyed some leaf lettuce out of the garden this week. And so it's just very exciting to have the garden start paying off. After I got the raised beds fully planted, I moved on up to the Ruth Stout Bed. And in the Ruth Stout Bed this week, I was able to get all of my winter squash planted, all of my melons planted. I got cucumbers planted, so both slicing and pickling cucumbers. I planted some sweet potatoes and then All of the remaining transplants that were left over after my dad was done, I planted up there. So a variety of peppers, some eggplant, basil, broadleaf parsley, and some German chamomile, as well as I think about 10 red rock cabbages. So the root stout bed is just about fully planted. I want to get some onions in there. And then I think the gardens are fully planted. The, the one last thing that I'm, I'm hoping to experiment with, and I, I'm hoping that it's not too late, and that is to do some potato towers and then grow some potatoes also in some feed sacks. So I really was hoping to do an experiment of growing potatoes three different ways, potatoes in the roostout bed, potatoes in a potato tower, and potatoes in grow bags. Actually, I'm going to repurpose feed bags is really what I'm going to do, but I'm not sure if I've run out of time. So if that doesn't happen by tomorrow evening, well, then we will give that a whirl next year. But it is very exciting to see everything starting to come together. Again, the garden's just about in, almost done with the meat birds. So I'm kind of feeling a little less pressure right now. For the time being, it's a little bit of maintenance in the raised beds with the weeding and also in the Ruth Stout bed. And then we'll get into harvest time. And I'm so looking forward to enjoying the fruits of our labor. All right. That's what we've been up to here on 3B Farm and Homestead. I hope this finds you well, wherever you may be. Before we head on over to this week's charting the course, I did want to take a moment just to remind you about the Supporting Listeners Program. Last night, we had our monthly gold members meeting. It was a great time. And so if being a part of a community of like-minded individuals is something of interest to you, 
Bonnie's going to fill you in on how you can become a member of the Supporting Listeners program. If you enjoy this podcast and are interested in supporting it, you can do so by becoming a member of the Supporting Listeners program. For as little as $3 a month, you can not only support this show, but gain access to a private members-only community on Discord. There are also two additional tiers, one at $5 a month and one at $10 a month, each with additional benefits and perks. So head on over to thehomesteadjourney.net slash support for more information and to get signed up today. All right, folks, with all of that said, let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course. As I mentioned in my opening monologue this week, I'm going to be sharing with you just a snippet, basically the introduction to the video that I'm releasing as part of the interview that I was fortunate enough to be a part of with uh, a magazine. It's not been released yet. So keep an eye out on our social media accounts. Once that interview is released, I will let you know. But I was very honored to be a part of that. And as part of that, they asked me to put together a video about the five things that I think people need to know when starting a vegetable garden. And so this was my introduction. And then after that introduction, I will share with you the five things, no details, but just the five things that I shared in that video. And then when that is released, I will probably release it as a podcast episode as well. So without further ado, here's what we'll be releasing as part of that interview. Hey there, everybody. My name is Brian Wells. I am the host of the Homestead Journey podcast, where we do spend a considerable amount of time talking about gardening. I've been gardening myself now for over 15 seasons here in beautiful upstate New York. Gardening is one of those activities that I think that with a little bit of creativity, almost everybody can enjoy it. Whether it's a pot of herbs on the windowsill, or it's a container garden on your patio or back porch, or it's a large raised bed or in-ground garden in your backyard, gardening is like people. It comes in all different shapes and sizes, and I really think that there is a method that will fit almost everybody. And when I say everybody, I believe people of all ages can take part in the activity, whether it's a preschool class planting beans in some Dixie cups or some school children planting in a raised bed in the schoolyard, or it's grandma and grandpa raising a large garden and they're preserving the harvest. There is opportunity for everyone of all ages to take part in the activity. And I think when people take part in the activity together, it becomes this multi-generational great experience. For me, some of my favorite memories as a kid are going to my grandparents' house and putting up corn for the winter as a family. A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to interview my son on my podcast. And as I was talking to him about some of his 
favorite memories as far as growing up on a homestead. It came back to working together as a family in the garden. Gardening is one of those activities that just has a lot of benefits. I think it's good for you physically. It's a non-sedentary activity. It gets you off the couch and so you're going to be more active. But not just that. The food that you grow is going to taste good. And if it tastes good, you're going to want to eat it, which is definitely going to contribute to a better overall diet. It's also really great for your mental health. There's something so satisfying about sitting down to a meal and seeing 60, 70% of the food on your plate is something that you had a direct hand in producing. I think gardening is also great for the community. It's great for the environment. There are just so many great reasons why you really should consider at least giving gardening a try. And so the five things that I mentioned in this video that you need to know in order to have a successful vegetable garden is number one, that you need to understand the basic components of a vegetable garden. And I talk a little bit about those. The second thing I talk about is needing to know where you're going to put your garden. I talk a little bit about knowing how you're going to garden, knowing when you're going to garden, and then finally knowing what you're going to plant. None of that should be any surprise to you. I've covered just about everything in other episodes, but this I think is going to be the first time when I've put it together like this and kind of this type of package. And so I'm very excited, very honored to have been a part of this interview series. And I look forward to its publication and I will let you know as soon as it's ready for prime time. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reach out to me, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. And until next time, everybody, keep up the good work.